ಯದಾದಿತ್ಯಗತಂತೇಜಹಸಯತೆಖಿಲಂತ್ರಮಸಿಯಚ್ಚಾಗ್ನೌಜೋ ಧಾರಮ್ಯಹಮೋಜಸ ಪುಷ್ಣಿ ಚೌಷಧೀಸೋಮೂತ್ಮಕ ಅಹಂ ವೈಶ್ವಾನರೋ ಭೂತ್ ಪ್ರಾಣಿನಾಶ್ರಿತಾಪಾನಸಮ್ಯನ್ನ ಚುರ್ವಿಧಾಹೃದಿ ಸನ್ನಿವಿಷ್ಟ In these four verses, Lord Krishna described His glories. Vibhuti Sankshepaha, in brief. His Vibhuti, His glories to how? He is Sarvatmakaha. He is the self of all. He is all-pervasive. Sarvavyavahara Aspadaha. How He is the very basis of all the Vyavahara, all the activities that take place anywhere is because of Him. And how? He is the self of all. He is the one that performs all the activities and because of him all activities are possible also in it's interesting how in description of his glories first he said yadaditagadam tejah jagat bhasayate akhilam here arjuna this tejas of the light which is in the sun and the moon and the fire that illumines the whole world that light is mine in my light or i am that light so by light that i am the very consciousness i am the chit of the consciousness which illumines the whole universe through sun moon and fire so consciousness itself cannot illuminate anything directly just as electricity itself directly cannot dispel the darkness of this room only when electricity gets manifest through a bulb in the form of light then alone it can dispel the darkness similarly also chaitanyam or awareness cannot directly illuminate anything only when it manifests through upadhi like electricity manifesting through a bulb so so the lord the consciousness chaitanyam manifesting through sun moon fire then he illumines this whole world 
or at the individual level, through the eyes, ears, the faculty organs of perception, that he can live in this world. So that is the chit or the consciousness. Then it is gama vishyacha bhutani dharayam yamojasa. Entering the earth, I sustain all the beings. So he also declares himself the one who sustains everything. One, because whom sustenance is possible, existence is possible. So thus he declares, I am that very Sat or the very existence because of which all the beings are sustained. And Pushnami Chaushadi Sarvaha Somo Bhutvarasatmakaha. And I am the one that actually provides nourishment. I nourish all the plants and vegetables. So I am the nourisher of everything. I am the sap of everything. I am the rasa of everything. I am the one that is enjoyed by people. I am of the nature of ananda or happiness. So by saying that I am the one that, in, that illumines the whole universe through the luminaries, I am chit or the consciousness, sat chit. That I am the one that sustains the whole universe, I am sat or the existence. And that I nourish everything in terms of as plants and vegetables and thus become the cause of happiness of the creatures. I am the Ananda, so Sat. So how Sat Chidananda is the nature of the Lord, how the Sat, the existence, manifests, sustaining everything in the universe, how the Chit becomes manifested, illumining the whole universe, how Ananda becomes manifested, giving pleasure to all the creatures. <coughs> so thus we say that this whole universe is nothing but a manifestation of Sat Chit Ananda, which is the Lord. <coughs> I am the bhokta, I am the bhojyam. As a vaishvanaraha, as a digestive fire in the, in the stomach of all the living beings, I am the bhokta, I am the eater. As soma, so agni is the eater. As soma, the moon of the, 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 the nature of the sap, then I am all the plants and vegetables, I am the bhojyam, I am that which is eaten. The eater also I am, the eaten also I am. The subject also I am, the object also I am. And therefore, this whole universe of the nature of bhokta and the bhojya is again nothing but my manifestation. Thus, I manifest as a fire, that becomes an eater. I manifest as a moon or a soma, that becomes an eaten. And that's all the whole universe is, eater and eaten. Bhokta and bhojya, that's all there is. Subject and object, I and everything else. So, bhokta and the bhojya, that is the nature of the whole universe. Again, that is my manifestation. <coughs> of course, all the vibhutas, the glories are what we call the Saguna Brahma, or Supadika Brahma. God with Upadi. God with the, uh, with the Maya is Upadi. And so we say how in the verses beginning from 7 to 11, in those verses, Lord Krishna described the Tvampada. That is, the Jiva was described. In the verses from this 12 to 15, Lord Krishna described the Tatpada, the Ishvara. So these are what we call the Vachyartha. Vachyartha means the commonly understood meanings of the word Tvat, Tat and Tvam. So what we understand by Tvam or the Jiva, that is described. And what we understand by Tat or Ishvara, that is described. Now, the Vakyartha. Vakyartha is the meaning of the statement Tattvamase. Where of course Tat or Ishvara and Tvam Jiva are declared to be identical. Not at the level of Upadha. When you say that I am Ishvara, I am God, nobody should mistake that I to be Jiva is being God. Of course, so if by God we understand that God is omniscient, omnipotent, creator, sustainer, dissolver, 
That God I am not? Never. <coughs> and if I take myself to be a, a jiva or, or an individual, individual being, then certainly I am not God. But whatever it is that is the essence of the God, as we said, it is Satchit Ananda. That Satchit Ananda's play alone is the whole universe and therefore, if you ultimately look at anything, if you investigate, even in a scientific way, everything will reduce itself to Asti, Bhati, Priyam, Satchit Ananda. So that is the whole, the essence of the whole vast universe. So this vastness and everything that we perceive, that's nothing but manifestation of Lord. But the essence of all of that is nothing but Asti, Bhati, Priyam, Satchit Ananda. And this little insignificant creature, which is what we call the Jiva, what is the essence of this Jiva? Even though I am small and little in every way, in my knowledge, in my ability, in my power, in every way I am limited. And still, what it is that is truth about me? Asti, Bhati, Priyam. <coughs> what is the truth of a wave? It is also the truth of the whole ocean, the truth being water. I am like a wave. But the truth is water, asti, bhati, priyam. Ishvara is a whole ocean, you know, manifested the whole universe, inclusive of all the names and forms, all the waves. But there also, the essence is asti, bhati, priyam. It is in that essence that the wave and the ocean are identical. Not that the wave is ocean, but wave is water. Ocean also is water. In that sense, we can say, so understand this very well. When Vedantins keep on saying, I am God, don't misunderstand that he can now create the world or, you know, no, no, no way at all. Already he has become omniscient and he knows everything. No such thing. That is not what Vedanta is shooting for, although that is what the other people shoot for. The Jains and the Buddha, that's what they shoot for. So Jain Tirthankar is supposed to be a perfect man who is all-knowing, omniscient. In a primary sense. And that's the reason why a tremendous penance they perform for I don't know how many lifetimes that the Tirthankara becomes omniscient, all-knowing, Trikalagnaha. He knows everything in all the three periods of time. This is their understanding of what moksha is. And this is the understanding of the Buddha also. That Gautam Buddha is looked upon as the one who is omniscient in a primary sense. So that is called enlightenment when you know everything. Vedantis are not hung up with omniscience. We don't care to know everything. As somebody asked Swami, Swamiji, do you know what's going on in my mind? He says, there is enough problem with my mind. Why should I worry about what's going on in your mind? <laughs> and so, that kind of a thing, there is also some kind of a fascination to know everything. It's it is not possible for a mind to know, but suppose it is possible, then also so what? <laughs> because if I seek to derive satisfaction from the achievements at the level of Upadhi, understand that omniscience, that I become all-knowing, that also is an achievement at the level of Upadhi. Because that kind of knowledge is the nature of the mind. And somehow I expand my mind in such a way, by whatever process, that it becomes all-knowing. Even then, it remains an achievement at the level of Upadhi. And therefore, that is not, we don't need that. What the achievement we need at the level of mind is that the mind should expand, become universal. Not in terms of knowledge, in terms of accommodation, yes. That I become so accommodated, that's what we call the, the preparation, the preparedness, accommodation. That everything is fine. 
Adveshta Sarabhutanam, the wise person is the one who does not hate anybody, even if somebody hates him. So that is a great that is a great achievement that I in my mind the reaction of hatred does not arise even if I am confronted with a person who hates me. Maitraha, that the friendliness still remains. Karunaha, that compassion still remains. Now this is the siddhi or the accomplishment that Lord Krishna talks about in the Bhagavad Gita and that's the accomplishment that the Vedantins want. And that is possible by me. That thing I don't know. Whether I can become omniscient, God alone knows. But this one is definitely possible. And then I know that that happiness or really fulfillment that I am seeking is my myself. It is not at the level of upadi, at the level of body or the mind that I have become infinite. That I am infinite already at the level of the self that I am. So that is where the identity is. So now in the next three verses, Lord Krishna reveals what we call the Vakyartha, the identity obtaining between Jiva and Ishvara <coughs> at the as the very consciousness, as very asti, bhati, priyam, satchit, ananda. <coughs> and that is the process of what we call neti neti, the famous process, the famous method of the unfoldment by the Upanishads, neti neti. Athado adeshaha neti neti. Now here is the instruction, not this, not this. By negating everything. What is to be negated? Negating is upadi. This body-mind complex. What do you mean by negating? What do I do with it? Do I get rid- How do I get rid of it? He says, no, no. Negation only means becoming free from the identification. That's all. Negation also is not a process. Negation also is a process of knowing. At every point in Vedanta, there is nothing but knowledge. There is no action involved anywhere. <coughs> Even when we talk about cultivating the sadhana, chatushtya, sampatti, viveka, vairagya, samadhi, shatka, sampatti, there also, ideally no action is involved. All that we need to do is viveka. That's all. Understanding. It is by understanding that we can cultivate understanding, not only by understanding that we can get the knowledge, it is by understanding that we get all the qualifications, daivi sampatti also, in as much as. It is because of the misunderstanding or because of the wrong notions that all what we call the demoniac tendencies are managed to come in. So it is all the way, praptasya praptihi, accomplishment of what is already there. Not only that I am Brahman, but even that pure mind, that also is my nature. And whatever impurities obtained in my mind, they are also Agandvaka, they are also simply intruders and not really the inherent nature of the mind. So the, all along in Vedanta, there is process of negation, negating that which is false, asserting that which is right, simple. What do you mean negating what is false? Knowing the false as false is called negation. Nothing else is to be done. I not that I hate what is false. I enjoy. Mithya is to be enjoyed. Provided I know it is Mithya. If the Mithya or unreal is taken to be real, then it's a tremendous, you know, a source of all the problems. And when Mithya is known as Mithya, it becomes source of all entertainment. <coughs> so here is negation. Negating the upadhi. In one stroke, Lord Krishna negates the upadhi. Upadhi means identification upadhi. That is, do not judge myself from the level upadhi, nor do I judge Ishwara from the level upadhi. That's all. That is what is meant. Today, all the time, I am judging myself. 
I am equating myself to my body, equating myself to my mind, equating myself to the Upadhi. Not doing that. And similarly, I equate Ishwara also from the standpoint of the body and the mind. His body and mind. His, the whole cosmos is his body. If this is my body, the whole cosmos becomes the body of Ishwara. If this is my mind, then the cosmic mind becomes his mind. If this is my power in my arms, a power in all the arms becomes his power. And that is how I always judge Ishwara also. Whenever the word Ishwara or God is used, it always brings into my mind that entity which is all-pervasive, omniscient, omnipotent, and so forth. Not that it is wrong, but that also is my evaluation from the standpoint of Upadhi. But what is Ishwara even without the Upadhi? Is Ishwara or Lord just because he is omniscient and omnipotent and suppose he was not there, would he cease to be Lord? Or if this body-mind was not there, would I cease to exist? No. It is not that I exist because body is. That's my idea today. That if this body dies, I die. If the body dies, I cease to exist. This is what I believe. And that's the reason why I'm so afraid of death. And will the greatness of God also be compromised or, 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 or sacrificed if He is not omniscient, omnipotent? No. Omniscience, omnipotent, all of this is because of Him. He is God not because of omniscience. Omniscience is because of Him. And so, He is the one that is even above this. This is what we call transcending this. Like a crystal that transcends the colors. So crystals appear to be colored depending on what kind of flower or cloth we place beside the crystal. But itself is always free from it. Similarly also, God or Lord, in the ultimate truth, is even free from the ideas of omniscience, omnipotent. And so also the self is free from the ideas of smallness. And when these ideas, which arise from evaluating them from the standpoint of Upadhi, when these ideas are dropped, then we realize that what we're considered, what we're thought to be two, is in fact one alone. <coughs> and this is the message of Bhagavad Gita. So, Shankarajara says here, what is stated in the next three words is what is stated in the whole Gita Shastra. And what is stated in Gita Shastra is the message of all the Vedas. So, this, in these next three verses, Lord Krishna tells us the essence of the whole teaching. <coughs> says in this 16th verse Dvavimau Purushau Loke Dvavimau Purushau Loke Kshara Evacha Kshara Evacha Kshara Sarvani Bhutani Kshara Sarvani Bhutani Kutastho Kshara Uchyade Uttama Purushastvanyaha Uttama Purushastvanyaha Paramatme Chudahrutaha Paramatme Chudahrutaha Yolo Katrayama Vishya Yolo Katrayama Vishya Vibhartya Vyaya Ishwaraha Vibhartya Vyaya Dvau imau purushau loke. The imau, these, these two purushau persons, there are loke in the world. Lord Krishna says, in the world, 
There are these two purushas, these two persons. Purusha and prakriti, person and personality, spirit and matter, self and non-self. This is a broad classification we have. So Lord Krishna now wants to wants to unfold the nature of the self. And he wants to show how the self or the consciousness or God or Brahman is that which transcends Upadi, bigness and smallness. So bigness and vastness also is the level of Upadi, at the level of the body. Smallness also is at the level of Upadi. Only when one becomes free from the idea of bigness as well as smallness. <coughs> Therefore this Upadi here is now sort of categorized by Lord Krishna as consisting of two things, Kshara and Akshara. So Kshara, Kshara means mutable, Akshara means immutable. Kshara-ti di Kshara-ha, that which is subject to mutation is called Kshara-ha. Nakshara-ti di Kshara-ha, that which is not subject to mutation is called Akshara-ha. Immutable, imperishable, changeless. And when we say imperishable, immutable, changeless, it means that it transcends this idea of mutation and change and perishability. <coughs> that means the mutation cannot touch it. The idea is that not only it is immutable by nature, but now nobody can make it mutable. See, sometimes what happens is the Ganges water is pure by its nature, but if you send, throw some impure things in that, you know, suppose you have a Ganges water in a cup, which is pure. We throw some, throw some impurity in there, it becomes impure. So itself is pure, but can be made impure by something else. But here, he is pure and cannot be made impure by anybody. That's important. And that is so important. Lord Shiva is pure, embodiment of purity. And all impurities are there on his body, all impurities. Amangalyam silam, tava bhavatu nama iva makhilam. Lord, what is this? You are a shilam. If you look at your conduct, it is all inauspicious. Smashana Ishwa Krida. You are, your playground is smashana, is a cremation ground. That is your residence. That's where you dwell. Smarahara Pishacha, Sahacharaha. And who are your companions? All the ghosts and goblins, they are our companions. Chita Bhasma Lepaha. And what kind of ornamentation you have? Well, then you are smeared on his body, on your body. Chita Bhasma, the, the ash is coming from funeral fire, you know. That's the ashes he gets. Sragavindra Karoti Parikaraha, and what wonderful garland you have made of the skulls. Amangalyam Shilam, none of these things we would even want to think about, let alone not even look at it. Question of touching does not even arise. You will do some Prayaschita Karma, you know. Or at least we take bath if nothing else because and then if you touch any of these things. I mean you may want to take bath even if you see these things. And all of these Lord Shiva wears on his body. Amangalyam, all inauspicious things. Do these things make him inauspicious? No. Tathapismartrunam Vardaparamam Mangalamasi. But even then, O Lord, those who know you, for them you are the most auspicious. So Lord Shiva is a very beautiful presentation of Atma, the Self, this is embodiment of purity, asangatvam, unattachment, purity, 
silence, tranquility, joy, knowledge, enlightenment, everything. That's what Lord Shiva stands for. And all that is on his body stands for the upadhi. Upadhi means the vesha, means the dress. And there are both. He is in fact the abode or the adhisthanam, substratum, all the pairs of opposites. All the inauspicious things we just described, and he also is the substratum or the locus for all the auspicious things. Look at the Ganges emerging from matter lock, most pure. Look at the moon that also showers nectar. And so he's also that way the abode of what is pure and auspicious. So these represents what we call the dundva, the pairs of opposites. So he is the locus of or the adhisthanam, substratum for all the dundva, all the pairs of opposites. Himself is free from both of them. While supporting them, he remains free from them. And so, asaktam sarabhrutseva nirgunam ganabhaktucha, says Bhagavad Gita, 13th chapter. Asaktam sarabhrutseva. Even the asakta, asaktam is unconnected. Sarabhrutseva, still sustaining everything. While supporting everything, he remains untouched, unconnected to everything. <coughs> this recognition is called negation of upadhi, that's all. We should know upadhi is upadhi, then we will know the adhisthanam, substratum, the substratum. So, this whole universe becomes a upadhi, becomes a vesha, becomes a dress, becomes a manifestation of the Lord. And that is divided into two broad categories, Dvavimamapurusha-loke-kshara-scha-akshara-scha-vacha-herjuna, these are these two purushas, kshara and akshara. Kshara the mutable, akshara the immutable. Lord Krishna himself explains, what is kshara and what is akshara? Kshara sarvani bhutani. All these bhutani, all the beings, bhuta also means element. There are five elements of which the whole universe is made. So this whole universe which is made up of five elements. Universe consisting of sentient and insentient, which is a, which is produced from or created from the five elements. Kshara that is all, that is what we experience. The whole universe that is an object of our experience is Kshara, is categorized as mutable. Lord Krishna says, I am everything. That is why this is called Purusha. Purusha means person, means a consciousness. Purusha also means one who is complete. So Lord Krishna says, this is the twofold manifestation of mine. One is my manifestation, this is what we call Kshara or the mutable. So understand that whatever is mutable, made up of the five elements, whatever is changing, whatever is perishable, also is the expression of his, his expression. That is called Sharaf Purushaha. He is the, Purusha means the, the person, means the consciousness, the consciousness manifesting as this mutable creation. Kutastho Kshara Uchyate. The other is Kutastha Aksharaha. Kutastha. <coughs> Kuta is, Aksharha is immutable and Kutastha, Kutastha also is immutable. But the Kutastha is Maya. You know Kuta, so Kutastha, so Kutavatishthadi or Kutaena Sthitaha Kutastha. What Kutastha is explained differently, Kuta. You know this Kuta is a word that is used in our regional languages also. Kuta Sakshi, 
కూట మీన్స్ వంచన జిహ్మత కుటిలత డిసెప్షన్ ఫాల్స్ క్రుకెడ్నెస్ దిస్ ఇస్ వాట్ కూట అండ్ సో పర్సన్ హూ ఇస్ క్రుకెట్ హూ ఇస్ హూ ఇస్ డిసెప్టివ్ హూ ఇస్ ఫాల్స్ హూ ఇస్ కాల్ కూట కూట సాక్షి మీన్స్ ది ఫాల్స్ విట్నెస్ అండ్ కూటస్థ కూట రూపేణ స్థిత సో వన్ దర్ ఓప్టెన్స్ యాజ్ కూట వన్ దర్ ఓప్టెన్స్ యాజ్ డిసెప్టివ్ యాజ్ ఫాల్స్ యాజ్ క్రికెట్ దర్ ఇస్ కాల్ మాయా అండ్ సో వాట్ ఈస్ వై ఈస్ మాయా కాల్ లైక్ దట్ బికాస్ వాట్ ఈస్ ఇన్సైడ్ ఈస్ సమ్థింగ్ అండ్ వాట్ ఈస్ షోన్ అవర్ సైడ్ సమ్థింగ్ యాజ్ దట్స్ వాట్ మాయా డస్ సో ఇన్ అవర్ వ్యవహార్ ఆల్సో వీ కాల్ దట్ మాయా వెన్ ఏ పర్సన్ హ్యాస్ సమ్థింగ్ ఎల్స్ ఇన్ హిస్ ఓన్ మైండ్ అండ్ హీ సేస్ ఎక్స్ప్రెస్ ఇస్ సమ్థింగ్ ఎల్స్ అవుట్ సైడ్ ఇన్సైడ్ ఈ హేట్స్ యూ inside is ready with his gun and he comes and smiles at you and shakes hands with you moment you you become you know that all right you feel that you are safe he produces gun this is a typical example of maya that is what the whole universe appears to be giving me the joy and the security which it doesn't have it is actually a kalpana or imagination or projection and appears to be so real so tangible and the word here the word kutastha is used in the sense of maya understand that kutastha is used in the sense of atma also usually the word kutastha is used in the sense of atma the self but then it is explained kuta kuta also means a heap a heap and and so anna kuta anna kuta means a heap of anna a heap of food heap of rice that's what is offered to lord krishna on the new year day or on a given day <coughs> so kutavat tishthati that which remains like a heap that's also sometimes but that's how that is god when kuta is is, is explained as heap or non changing then kutastha means uh, god but here when kuta is explained it is maya or vanchana or jikhmata then kutastha means maya <coughs> kutastha this maya jagat karanam that is the cause of this whole universe so aneka samsari jantu kama karma adi samskar ashraya in that maya in that phenomenal deception right there the deception begins so kama eta people ask this question how why did god create this why should he create this world but they say in that very process of creation itself there is maya so maya creates a deception and shows one god as many what is unreal is shown as real so that is maya is called jagat karanam the primordial cause that's a tremendous power power of cheating is a tremendous power you know and so that's power by which the whole universe so in the in the base of it in the root of it this is this deception there that's the reason why the poor scientist can never get a hang of what it is but anyway maya is the cause the primordial cause kutastha aksharah uchyate the aksharah the immutable person lord krishna says my immutable expression is maya the cause the mutable expression is the aksharah the effect understand cause and effect generally cause can be said to be immutable with reference to effect here the part is the effect and clay is the cause 
And so, with reference to the effect, namely part, the cause is immutable in as much as even when this part breaks, the clay remains intact. <coughs> Similarly also, when the world is created, world is sustained, the world is dissolved. When all of this is taking place in the world which is the effect, the cause maya remains intact. In that sense, it is said, aksharaha immutable. Akshara is a, is a word also used for God. So, Kutastha and Akshara, both are these words that are used also for Brahman. But we run out of words ultimately. What do we do with the, you know, we run out of words. And therefore, word Akshara is used in the, in the Upanishad also in the sense of Maya also. Akshara, Parapas, Paraha, Mundaka Upanishad says. So, Akshara there means primordial cause. So, Kutastha, Akshara. In short, in this universe that is manifest, we find these two principles. There are many ways of describing the universe. One way of describing it, the universe is, is that which is of the nature of cause and effect. There is effect, and as we know, effect is this part which is changing, which is subject to change and mutation. Effect is always changing, mutating, and so ksharaha, and the cause remains changeless with reference to effect. Not that the clay is changeless, but with reference to effect it is. So also maya is not changeless. But with reference to effect, with this jagat, it can be called kutastha, immutable. <coughs> so Lord Krishna says, these are my two expressions. This is what we call upadhi. Even at our individual level also. This upadhi consisting of the body, sense organs, mind, intellect, all of this. called sharaf purushaha, the mutable person. That is, you know, the, that is also expression of Lord. What we call the mutable expression of Lord. And all these upadhi is created from the primordial cause, which what we call the ignorance. That we call the also immutable expression of Lord, Sharaha and Akshara. So, that's all. These words, Kshara and Akshara, describe both the upadhi of the Jiva as well as upadhi of Ishvara. So, when you deny, dismiss them or negate them, both are negated at both the levels. Which means that when I give the identification my body, identification, all the bodies gets given up. I don't have to make a separate effort to give up the identification the upadhi of God. When I give up identification my upadhi, identification the whole universe also is given up. Because when I don't remember, when I, when I, for, when I forget my body, I forget all bodies. When I forget my mind, I forget all the minds, is it not so? That is when I am sleeping, when I am fast asleep, when I am not aware of my body or my mind or my upadhi, I am not aware of any mind or any body. So these negations take place simultaneously. Therefore Lord Krishna describes what is to be negated, ksharaha and aksharaha, the cause and effect. <coughs> Uttama purushastvanyaha To however Uttamaha Purushaha Anyaha Uttamaha Supreme means most exalted Uttamaha Utkrushtatamaha most exalted Uttama you see in Sanskrit also we have comparative and superlative degrees Tara and Tama like Ar good, better, best so you apply Ar Pratyaya in English to get the comparative degree and Est Pratyaya to get the superlative degree Fine, finer, finest. In Sanskrit you apply Tara to get the comparative degree and Tama to get the superlative degree. So there is a word called Ut. 
Now you apply the Tara Pratya become Uttara. Apply Tama Pratya become Uttama. So Ut means about, more about, most about, most exalted, Uttama. Uttama Purusha. Because Aksharaha and Akshara, there also is comparison that the cause is superior to the effect. See, Aksharaha Purusha can be called Ut Purusha. Ut. The Akshara Purusha, the cause, effect can be called Uttara. And God is called or Brahman is called Uttama. Ut. Uttara, Uttama. Three things are there. Sharaha, Aksharaha and Purusha Uttama. <coughs> Uttama Purushastu Anyaha. Anyaha Atyanda Vilakshanaha. Here Arjuna understands that what will Uttama Purusha? The Supreme Person, the most exalted person is, is one who is Anyaha. Altogether different. Vilakshanaha. Altogether different. This is what we call Jada. This is the changing. This is unreal. And he is what? He is Chetana. He is real. So superiority here is in terms of the degree of reality. Not superiority in terms of the same, you know, in the Vyavhara one thing is superior to the other. That's okay. But then they enjoy the same degree of reality. Here superiority is in terms of a higher degree of reality that both Shara and Akshara, both of them are Mithya, whereas Purushottama is Satya. In that sense, it is said to be the most exalted. Uttama Purushastu Anyaha. Anya means Vilakshanaha. Altogether a different category. Altogether a different degree of reality. Paramatma iti udahrutaha. It is spoken of as Paramatma. Paramatma. That Purushottama. Uttama Purusha or Purushottama. It's called Paramatma. Again, Parama also means limitless. Atma, because there are many Atmas. Or many things we call Atma today. Sometimes, you know, when you ask me, so who are you? I say, I am Swami, so and so. When I say that, that is what? That means I am equating myself to the body. So that is also Atma. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I am not, not feeling too good. I am not in a good mood. That means what? I am equating myself with the mind. That is also Atma. How did you do? Oh, I did very well. Then I'm equating myself with the intellect. And so, I, so many Atmas are there. Sometimes the body becomes Atma because I'm identified with the body. Sometimes the sense organs also become Atma because sometimes I'm identified with the self. And then, I'm, a bl- I'm blind, I'm lame. When I say, that means I'm equating myself with the organs of action or organs of perception. Happy and happy when I'm say when I say I'm equating myself with the mind. Successful and successful when I say I'm equating myself with the intellect. So there are many things that are called Atma. That there are Atma. Then it is subsequently, you know, I mean successfully subtler and subtler. So sense organs are subtler than the body, the mind is subtler than the sense organs, the intellect is even subtler than the mind. So this is called Parama Atma. Paramatma means the one that is Atma as well as Parama. All these are Atma all right, but not Parama. Parama means that which is most exalted. That which, in, which suffers from no limitation. So these are Atmas all right, but each one suffering from a limitation of time, space and everything. So this is Paramatma. Paramatma means the most exalted self. Here Arjuna, the self of this cause and effect. 
The cause is there, effect is there because of cause, but the cause is because of what? The world is because of maya, or the primordial cause, maya is because of what? Brahmashraya, maya, asti, even maya also gets its existence, its awareness, also from Brahman, which is the adhisthanam. So that's called the, like this in the rope snake example. The snake is called the effect, and the snake is produced from what, you know, from ignorance. Ignorance can be called the cause, and that which is substratum of cause and effect is the rope. So here also, the universe is the effect, called sharaf purushaha, and that is emerged from aksharaha, the maya, and one that is substratum of both, uttama purushaha, anyaha. Anya means just as a rope, enjoy the degree of reality, altogether different from snake. That's how we say rope is superior to snake. Snake can be negated, rope cannot be negated. And so also here, this uttama purushaha, which is what we call satya, satya means abhaditam, that which cannot be negated. So this we have to do. Here Lord Krishna is telling us the method of how to know Him, or how to know the Self. The way to know the Self is to be able to negate both the effect and the cause. The mutable and the immutable. And give up meaning, give up the identification, meaning appreciating oneself as the one that is witness of them both. That both cause and effect, shara and akshara are there because of whom? Who is it that provides them the sattā and spurti? Rasti, bhati, priyam, providing the sattā and surti, existence and intelligence. That which is a witness, asangaha, unconnected, untouched by them. That which sustains, the rope sustains a snake, but unconnected by a snake, understand that. Asaktam sarabhrutchaiva, the rope becomes substrate of many ideas. Sometimes somebody calls it snake, somebody looks upon that as a garland, somebody thinks that's a stick. All these various creations are there from the rope. Rope is what? Unconnected. Supporting all of them and still unconnected to them. Similarly also this Purushottama, the self, supports everything. All kinds of false ideas also are supported. Itself is totally free from that. Paramatme chudahrutaha yolokatremavishya vibharti avyaya ishvaraha Lokatremavishya Permeating or entering the three worlds, the one who enters the three worlds, that is cause and effect. The idea is that the world is because Gama Vishya Bhutani Dharayami Ahamojasa, Lord Krishna said, entering the universe, I sustain it by my power. So when Lord has entered the universe and sustains the whole universe, that's how Upanish described, like having created these upadis or names and forms, he enters. As though, enters means, that means the one who obtains the very self, Yolokatrayamavishya, one who having entered these three worlds, that's how they look at the universe, three worlds. So the idea of the universe is this world is earth, the intermediate world is the space, the other world is the heavens, that is everything, all shining things are heavens, all the stars and all galaxies. So the one, I am the one that sustains, that provides them satta and the surti, Vibharti, avyaya, ishvara, I am myself immutable. They exist because of me, but Lord, you support the whole universe. Who supports you? Avyaya, I support myself. I am self-supporting, self-existing. Everything exists because of me, and I exist because of me, myself. I am that very existence. 
Ishvara hai, I am Ishvara. Ishvara means ruler. Ishvara is a word derived from the root Ish, in the sense of ruling. Ishvara means a ruler. There are many rulers. What kind of ruler you are? The like ruler also is a ruler, very often, you know. Therefore he says, Avyaya hai, Ishvara hai, an immutable ruler. I am the ruler of all the rulers and there is nobody who rules me. If God created world, who created God? Nobody created him, the one who is ever self-existent. <coughs> so that is how in these two verses Lord Krishna tells us how one can know the self by giving the identification of both the effect as well as cause. Even the cause also must go. The ignorance also must go. It is not only enough that I discover myself with just separately. It's not that I discover myself as different from body in terms of space, that I stand apart from the body. So I am witness of the body. Swami, I knew, I saw my body. I went away there, I was standing there, and I was witnessing the body. It's not that kind of witnessing we are talking about, because Atma cannot go any place. Well, Swami, but on one hand you say that there are two things, Atma and Anatma. That means you are talking of duality. No, we are not talking of duality. We look Atma and Anatma are not two different things in that sense. Atma is Satya, Anatma is Mithya. <coughs> separation between them is not in terms of space, understand? Separation between them is in terms of degree of reality. When we say Atma is different from Anatma, not that Atma stands in one place, Anatma stands in another place, not that way. Atma is Satyam, Anatma is Mithya. Atma ekahev satyam tadanyat sarvam mithyadi tattvoda. <coughs> but anyway, so yolokatrem avishya entering the whole world, bivharti, who sustains the whole world, and still who is one who is free from the whole world. <coughs> that is the uttama purushaha. we give the names which may not have a meaning with reference to that person, you know. So very often, the Purushottama is the name which we commonly give. And when you look at that fellow, you see nothing in him, you know. Purushottama is most exalted Purusha. Narottama, Narottama is most exalted Nara, most exalted human being. Such names are there, but sometimes they are just what we call rudy, just names are given. Sudhakara, you know. So one, that is the akara, one that is the mind of uh, sudha, mind of ambrosia. And you find that fellow very bitter. So idea is that sometimes the names are just given. So also Lord Krishna, when you declare yourself Purushottama, is there a name given to you by somebody? He says, no, no, I am the one who fills up that name, who is true to the meaning of that name. How? That's the, what's said in the 18th verse. Yasmat Sharamati Toham Yasmat Sharamati Toham Aksharada Pichotamaha Aksharada Pichotamaha Atos Miloke Vedecha Atos Miloke Vedecha Pratita Purushotamaha Pratita Purushotamaha Yasmat Sins Sharam Atidoham, since I am the one who Atitaha. Atita means one who is above. That's what translated as one who transcends the Kshara of the mutable. 
So we observe a certain event or a phenomenon, we want to know how or why, cause. So that is how the intellect always can, see human intellect is that which functions in the realm of cause and effect. The whole science is based on the cause and effect. So who is the one, now that's very important here. So what is the concept of the truth of a scientist? The one that is the cause of the whole universe. By knowing which we know everything, all right. The cause of the whole universe, material cause of the whole universe. Therefore a scientist is typically in the search of the most fundamental building block by which you can explain the whole universe. But this is where Vedanta parts ways with science. God is cause, all right. Even material cause, like every day Vedantic teachers keep on saying that God is not only the creator, but He is a creation. He is not only the giver, but He is the given. He is not only the maker, but He is the material. Alright? What kind of material He is? When we say that Brahman is the material cause of the universe, we must know there are two kinds of material causes. In material cause also, there are two kinds. One is, the clay is the material cause of this part. Fine. Is Brahman material cause of the universe in a manner similar to the clay being the material cause of the part? No. Here when I hold the pot in my hand, I am holding clay in my hand. But no, somewhat different. And that is where Vedanta and science are poles apart. Here at this point, up to this point everything is fine. Up to this point that is a fundamental cause, whatever science says, Vedanta concurs and no problem. But when it comes to the fundamental cause, which is what we call Satyam or the truth, is it connected to this universe by what we call cause and effect relationship? Answer is no. That is where the example of the rope and snake comes in. This, the universe is in the place of the snake and Brahman or God is in place of the rope. Yes, we can say that the snake is because of the rope and therefore rope can be said to be the cause of the snake. Yes, had rope not been there, snake would not have been there. The length of the snake is the length of the rope, the curvature of the snake is curvature of rope and so we can say the rope is the cause of the snake. And both the kinds of causes. Even the material of the snake comes from the rope only. In as much as where the rope is, there the snake is. As long as the rope is, so long the snake is. As the curvature of, so the curvature of snake. So we can say that the rope is the material cause of the snake. So they say the rope provides the flesh and blood of the snake. However, very fundamental difference between the clay being material cause of this part and rope being the material cause of the snake, the important difference is that the clay undergoes the change to become the part. Clay, the material cause, becomes a part. So ordinarily the cause becomes the effect 
lay clay becoming the pot. Whereas in our example, the rope does not become the snake. Rope retains its ropeness, does not become the snake, it appears to the snake. And therefore we say that the rope is beyond the cause and effect. The cause and effect is applicable up to the snake, but then we cannot go from snake to rope by a relationship of cause and effect. Now science doesn't work there. Because science will work only when the cause-effect relationship is there. That is very fundamental rule of science. Vedantin, <coughs> what does he do? He doesn't, how does he jump from the snake to the rope? Not by the cause and effect relationship, by what we call negation. That is where the bādha comes. Very important. Bādha means what? Negation. Negating the false, and that is how we reach the real. So that is why Lord Krishna says, Akshara I am above even the cause also. I am not in the realm of cause and effect. That is, this is important even in the process of knowing. When I want to know Brahman or the Self, what my mind, only when my mind becomes free from the ideas of cause and effect, then alone it can know that. See, all of this is important. This is what we call the qualification. What we call the real emotional maturity must go all the way up to this point. Vairagya must go of negating the whole snake. That's called Vairagya. That's, vairagya is negating the false. That is when my mind becomes totally free from the idea of snake. Then I know the rope. In the rope there is not even a trace of the snake. And similarly also when my mind becomes totally free from the idea of cause and effect. That is when the self or Brahman can be known. <coughs> so there is one step that is so different from science and Vedanta and that step makes it whole, makes all the difference in as much as here even though we say that Brahman is the cause of the creation not in the manner in which a scientist would call it a cause or a Niyayika would call it a cause or a logician would call it a cause that's why Vedanta have an expression called Vivarta Upadana Karanam there are two upadana karanam, parinami upadana karanam, the upadana karanam, material cause that undergoes the change to become the effect, like the clay, and vivartha upadana karanam, I don't have time without written all this, but vivartha upadana karanam, meaning where the cause does not undergo change to become effect, cause appears as effect. Svasvarupa aparityagena, without giving up its own inherent nature. The rope remains a rope intact and appears as a snake. Brahman remains Brahman and appears as the whole process of cause and effect. So this is the whole, that's why we call it an appearance, projection. <coughs> that's why the cause is said to be Maya. Yasmat, that is why we use the word transcendental. So the rope transcends the snake. What is meant by transcendental is that in the rope there is not even a trace of the snake. When the snake is completely negated, then alone the rope is known. So also, when the ideas of cause and effect are completely negated, then alone the self is known as totally free, because cause is not free from the effect. Cause is that which can become effect today or tomorrow, because the potential is there in the cause to become the effect. So this question people have, Swami, you say that Ishwara is Brahman with Maya, that means Brahman is stuck with Maya or what? No. Brahman is totally free from Maya. Maya is because of Brahman, but Brahman is not because of Maya. 
Atos Nilok, the Lord Krishna says, I am Purushottama because I am Purusha and I am Uttama, therefore Purushottama. Purusha's chasa Uttama, that which is Purusha as well as Uttama. So the one who is person as well as the most exalted. Therefore, I. Now, Lord Krishna, very in many places in the Gita, declares himself to be God. This is one of those declarations. Purusha atos miloke asmi, I am atos miloke vedecha prasidaf purushottama. Therefore, here, Arjuna, therefore, loke in the world, veda in the scriptures also, I am described as purushottama by those who know me. Like Kalidasa. He came later on. Lord Krishna doesn't even do Kalidasa anyway, but then. Hari Yathaikaha Purushottama Smutaha, Kalidasa says. Hari Yathaikaha Purushottama Smutaha. Harihi, Lord Narayana, is known as Purushottama. So whenever we word, you use the word Purushottama, it generally applies to Narayana. When we use the word Maheshwara, it applies to Lord Shiva. <coughs> and so this is how in these three verses, Lord Krishna described what we may call his transcendental nature. The transcendental meditation supposedly aims at this knowledge, you know. If you know self, then of course it is called, you know, but then a meditation process, by process of meditation one cannot know. It's by process of seeing that one knows. Meditation can become an aid to it, acquire a mind which becomes a seeing mind. <coughs> and now, concluding this chapter, Lord Krishna, what is if you gain this knowledge, what is the phalam? What's the result? That is said in the verse 19 and 20 as both. Yoma mevam sammudha Yoma mevam sammudha Janati purushottamam Janati purushottamam Sasarvavid bhajati maam Sasarvavid bhajati maam Sarva bhavena bharata Sarva bhavena bharata Yomam evam asamurasan purushottvam janadi Yeah, whoever it is. See, there is no, here, no qualification of who can know me. Yaha, yaha is a universal pronoun. Whoever it is. Whether it is man or woman, whether Brahman or Kshatriya, Vaisha, Shudra, past, present, future, whatever it is. Yeah. Evam Janati, the one who knows me in this manner, in the manner that was just described as Purushottama. The one that transcends both the Kshara and the Akshara. One that is the self of all. One that is substratum of all. In that manner, Evam Janati, Asamudaha, the one who is free from all Samoha, free from delusion, free from ignorance. <coughs> That is Saha. So what happens to this person? Saha Sarvavit, second line says. Sarvavit, Sarvam Veti, the Sarvavit. One who knows everything is called Sarvavit. One is omniscient. This person becomes omniscient. The enlightened person becomes omniscient. Hey, the omniscience of enlightened person is different from omniscience of God. When you say God is omniscient, He knows everything. In all the periods of time, we would know how many atoms there are, and how many molecules there are, and how many sand particles there are, and everything he knows. Wise man also is called omniscient, but not in that sense. He knows the essence of everything. <coughs> Just as by knowing one particle of clay, everything made of clay is known, 
In that sense, the wise man knows everything. He knows Purushottama is a clay of which the whole universe is made. That means he recognizes Purushottama, he recognizes Paramatma everywhere. He knows everything. How does he know that? As Paramatma. He need not know the details. How many names and forms are there, he doesn't need not know. How many atoms are there, he need not know. He knows every atom is Paramatma. He knows every name and form is Paramatma. His own self. Sasarvavit, he becomes omniscient. So, that's why again and again we come to this pratigna or proposition. Yad jnātva neha bhoya unyat jnātavim avasishade. Knowing which, nothing remains to be known. Sahasarvavit, <coughs> the enlightened person becomes omniscient. All-knowing. Meaning knowing all that is essential to know. <coughs> all that counts in our life. Bhajati maam. And he really worships me. He's a real devotee. The, the, the real, most real devotee is he alone. Yes, these are also devotee. But when does the real devotion become real? When does love become real? When, the, when there's no duality between the devotee and the one who is devoted, you know, the, between devotee and God when no distance remains. Isn't that the ultimate, ultimate purpose of love or ultimate goal of the love? That between the two who love each other, no distance remains at all. Even though physical distance may be there, but no distance remains in the mind. So love is that which erases all the distance. But ultimately it is knowledge that erases all the distance. That is why knowledge and love are equal, understand? We know that love erases distances or differences, then knowledge also erases differences. Therefore how can knowledge which is devotion and, 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 I mean, love which is devotion and knowledge can be different. That is why jnanasya parakashta bhakti sa bhakti diyuchyade. What is the parakashta? The culmination of knowledge is called bhakti. Bhakti stuya parakashta tad jnana and that which is the ultimate, ultimate in bhakti, the culmination of bhakti is called knowledge. So in the chapter of knowledge, Lord Krishna uses bhakti a number of times. Sahasarvet bhajati maam. Now he really worships me. Sarva bhavena bhav. With his whole being. I worship the Lord today all right. Not with my whole being. With a part of myself. I cannot give him everything. Lord wants everything. Well, I can give to Lord. I make offering all right. A few things I do. Whatever extra, I give him. Whatever I can afford, I can give him. But I still have to keep a few things with me which I require for my security and my well-being. If nothing else, at least I keep my ego with myself. But here is a wise is a person who is offered everything. Like Mahabali. Not only offered what he had, he offered his own self. So ordinary devotees offer to the Lord everything that they have. Here is a devotee who offers his own self. Medam prajñam prajcha swaha 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 is offering so sarabhavena bharata he worships me with his whole being with no reservation at all meaning unconditionally he worships me understand that there is one thing that I love unconditionally and that is myself I love others also but with conditions as long as they satisfy my condition so long they can be object of my love as long as they are agreeable to me and uh, you know so long it's fine when they cease to be that, I will think about it. Let us talk about our relationship as Swami says, you know. <laughs> then we have to talk about it. 
But there is one that I love unconditionally, and that is what? Myself. However I am, I always, I never dislike, no, I never abuse, I mean, never hate myself. Oh, Swami, I hate myself. But there is a body that you hate. I hate myself. The mind I may hate. Never that self, it is Satchitananda. I never hate. So a love affair is going on between myself and myself. And unconditional love is only for myself. And Lord Krishna says, here is the devotee who loves me unconditionally because he recognizes everything as his self. He recognizes God as his own self. Therefore, his love becomes unconditional. That's called Sarvabhavena. With his whole being, unconditionally he loves me. And so understand, very often people feel that Vedanta doesn't talk of love. But it does. Because Vedanta says love is not something that you have to do. Love is something that becomes evident when the all you have to do is to just remove the obstacles to love. Love being our own nature, we don't have to produce it. It's already there. All we need to do is to remove obstacles. And obstacles are only again produced from ignorance. And therefore, as ignorance gets removed, even the obstacle to love also gets removed. Therefore, you always find people who are wise people are always loving people also automatically. Because self is not only ananda, self is not only consciousness or chit, it is also ananda or love. And it is said now, this is called moksha. Sahasarvavit, he is all-knowing. Maam bhajati, he worships me with his whole being. That is called moksha. <coughs> and now, concluding all the teaching of this, twen- this chapter, Lord Krishna praises that teaching and concludes in the twentieth verse. Iti guhyatamam shastram Iti guhyatamam shastram Idamuktam mayanagha Idamuktam mayanagha Etat buddha buddhiman syad Etat buddha buddhiman syad Kritakrutyascha bharata Kritakrutyascha bharata Iti in this manner Gukhyatamam shastram idamuktam mayahyanagha Lord Krishna must be so pleased with Arjuna. Again and again he addressed him as anagha, O sinless one. How pure he must be, you know. Arjuna name itself says, says that. Arjuna, rujitvad Arjuna. Huh? Ruju means one who is straightforward. Arjuna. There is a tree called Arjuna which is straight. With no knots in there. No knots and no twists and nothing. Straight. Arjuna. Very straight. No knots. No angularities. Hey Anagha, showing, I mean, meaning thereby that that is what, how one must become in order to gain the knowledge. So they always tell us that we must become Arjuna really to gain this knowledge. Lord Krishna is always talking. If we become Arjuna, then we can hear him. But here, hey Anagha, O sinless one, Idi, thus in this manner, Kushitamam Shastram, the most sacred scripture. The most secret scripture. Maya Uktam has been uttered by me. Here, Jana, O sinless one, in this manner, in last 19 verses, the most secret and the scripture has been uttered by me. Don't think that what you, you understand, the, the value of what you gain. Here, Jana, understand that what you gain in these 19 verses is most precious. It is the greatest secret. The secret of all the scriptures. It's called Shastram. In fact, Lord Krishna praises this very chapter of the Shastra. 
Shastra is that which is complete. And that is called Shastra which gives us everything that we need to know for our spiritual progress. Shastra must describe also the sadhana chatushtya sampatti, must also describe guru upasadhanam, must also describe shravana, manana, and it must describe the tattva masi, mahavakya. Everything came here. In the first verse, Lord Krishna described the tree of samsara, thereby Viveka and Vairagya were described. Nirmana moha, jita sangadoshaha, all the qualified adhikaritma was described. And then, Natat Bhasayade Suriha, the nature of truth is described, and then it was unfolded. Tattvamasi Mahavakya was unfolded. And therefore, in this short chapter, whatever is there in the whole scripture, all of that has been packed. Kushyatamam Shastram. So, in fact, Bhagavad Gita is a Shastra. Whole Bhagavad Gita can be called Shastra because it is all the elements that we need to know. But Lord Krishna praises even this chapter Shastra as a scripture. Not only it tells the essence of Bhagavad Gita, but Bhagavad Gita is the essence of all the Vedas. So therefore in this chapter, the Vedas are, the essence of all the Vedas also has been uttered by me here, Juna. Etad buddha, knowing this, understanding or knowing what I have said, buddhiman syat, one becomes buddhiman, one becomes intelligent in a real sense. Buddhiman, buddhiyasyasthi, one who possesses buddhi is called buddhiman, like Dhanavan, one who possesses wealth is called Dhanavan. But Dhanavan is not who possesses just wealth, who possesses wealth abundantly is called Dhanavan. Not that five dollars he has in his pocket so is called Dhanavan. He is not called a wealthy person. The one who possesses wealth in an abundant measure. That one, that Pratyaya is called Matu Pratyaya. That Matu Pratyaya is applied always in the sense of abundance. So when something is possessed in abundance, but so Dhanavan, so one who possesses dhanam in abundance. So buddhiman, one who possesses buddhi in abundance. Everybody possesses buddhi. But usually buddhi or the intellect is utilized in knowing the worldly things. The one who knows this, he has really utilized his buddhi. He is really buddhiman, he is really possessed to the intellect in primary sense. That means he is a wise person. Kruta krutyasya bharata, kruta krutyaha. So, krutam krutyam yena saha, kruta krutyaha. Krutam means that which is done. Krutyam is that which is to be done. Krutyam, krutam, that which is to be done has been done by whom? That means whatever is to be done in life has been done by this person. By gaining this knowledge, he has done whatever needs to be done. By gaining the knowledge, he has known whatever needs to be known. By gaining this knowledge, he has done whatever needs to be done. He has accomplished whatever needs to be accomplished. And thus, this is what, how a wise person feels. How do I feel when something is done? Even when I have a, a list of all the tasks that I do today, and by evening when I have done everything, with great satisfaction and great sense of contentment, I view everything, I have done everything that needs to be done. I feel myself totally relaxed and totally free. But that lasts for a few minutes, I guess, and something else comes up to be done. Then I remember, oh, wait a minute, that telephone call remains. Oh, that letter I have to write. Oh, that I have to do. Here this person says, whatever is to be done in life is done. That means a total sense of contentment with oneself, a total sense of contentment with everything, a total sense of fulfillment. And therefore, he is the one who is wise in the real sense, and he is the one who is fulfilled in the real sense. He is mukta, he is even mukta, he is liberated while living. Bharata. 
And of course, a lot of you say it here, this is what everybody says, Manusmuti also says that, and it's called Bharata. Lord Krishna addresses Arjuna as Bharata. Earlier also he has been addressed as Bharata, Bharata. Of course, Bharata is the one who comes from the dynasty of Bharata. But Bharata, Bhayam, Brahma, Vidyayam, Rataha, Bharata. Bharati, you know, Bharati means Saraswati. So one who is Rata, Rata means what? One who is uh, reveling. So one who revels in Bha. Bha, bha here means the knowledge, the Vidya. So one who revels in Vidya is called Bharata. He Bharata, not only that, anybody becomes Krutukritya or fulfilled, Arjuna understand you are also Krutukritya. Yatahetat Paramatatattva Mattashrutavanati. Since here, Arjuna, you listen to this Paramatatattva, this most exalted truth from me, therefore you are also Krutukritya. And that's how Lord Krishna concludes this scripture by even saying to Arjuna, assuring him that you are Kathakritya, you are already fulfilled one because you listen to this truth from me and you cannot but know it having listened to it from me. <coughs> Thus, this 15th chapter is concluded here. Let us read the Sankalpa Vakya, last one. Om Tatsada it is Srimad Bhagavad Gita so it is Srimad Bhagavad Gita so Upanishad so Brahma Vidyaya Yoga Shastre Shri Krishna Arjuna Samvade Purushottama Yoga Nama Panchadasodhyayaha.Does he is unfolded, Purushottama. Lord Himself is unfolded here by Himself. So, that is also this chapter is chanted often because it is a very sanctifying, very purifying thing. Whole Bhagavad Gita is, but of that, this chapter is particularly selected by other Acharyas also. This is also one of the reasons why we chant it before the meals because it is customary to chant prayers before the meals and therefore it also becomes prayer. <coughs> Shri Krishna Arjuna Samvade, in Samvada, in this dialogue between Shri Krishna and Arjuna, Rama Vidyayam Yoga Shastra, which dialogue has these two subject matters, Rama Vidyayam Yoga Shastra, Srimad Bhagavad Gita Su, Upanishad Su. In this divine song of Lord Krishna, which is nothing but Upanishad, Upanishad Su. Many Upanishads are already involved here, or this equivalent to many Upanishads. They say every chapter of Gita is like an Upanishad. Somebody says every verse is like an Upanishad. People are so, I mean, people are so greatly inspired and so fascinated by Bhagavad Gita that some people say every verse is like an Upanishad. Anyway, Upanishad so in this Upanishad, in the form of Bhagavad Gita, this 15th chapter is concluded. Sarvadharman Parityajya Mamekam Sharanam Raja Mamekam Sharanam Raja 
अहंत्वा सर्वपापेभ्य मोक्षयिष्यामि माशुच हरि ओ पूर्णमद पूर्णमिद पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेवशिष्य ओ शाति 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 शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यत वंदे भगवतुनपुनरात्मे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमद्याप्तहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम ओ शाति 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 हरि ओ श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओम